There we go. So this week with the, uh, the poor weather that we're having in the UK, snow and everything sort of grind into a halt in, in places because of how, how uh, bad the weather is, uh, Age, you thought it would be a good idea to just talk about cold weather training and uh, what yeah. the impact that has benefits and disadvantages of, of that. I mean, from my point of view, I think it's, it's often a motivation thing. So when it's really cold, it's just harder to get motivated to go out you know, and, and do something or even able to, to get out there. So you have to go in the garage or, you know, on a, on a turbo or on a treadmill and that's um, not always as easy to get motivated. But what, you had a few points that you wanted to discuss about this. What, was, what were you I think, it, I think it, yeah, because it's quite relevant to people at the moment with the weather being as it is in the UK. And often in, in uh, the winter in the UK, we do get long spells of not particularly nice weather. But something I think that a lot of people have remarked on this year has been the um the length of the cold sort of spell where it's not really got into that kind of warm spring sunshine bit that you can get in march um and i don't i I don't know how other people feel but i certainly feel that um the winter's been going on a bit this year um and 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 actually that can have quite a significant effect on people's training mindset but also physiologically as well um so um yeah no there's there's lots of things to think about um should we start just we've got becky and fran with us with um as as uh training athletes at the moment so how do you guys feel about training in the cold weather generally speaking i don't know if we're good athletes to ask no <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm disappearing Lanzarote on sunday <laughs> that's what i think about cold weather training <laughs> and i've just got back from lanzarote so <laughs> which, which is an yeah. excellent excellent um antidote to training in the cold weather for sure um but um fran you 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 definitely are not a big fan of cold weather are you why why is that oh no i hate the cold weather i mean i suffer from the cold at the best of times um uh but i mean as ian said motivation is obviously a big one but for me i i struggle because i i tense up i'm not relaxed my muscles find it hard to fire in the cold um having had surgery on my ankle and having pins in my ankle they just don't respond well to the cold so it i really struggle with mobility in my ankle if i go out for runs so i have to wear loads of socks and try and keep it warm um yeah and just just trying to work hard to keep keep warm i find it exhausting and do you find that, that if in in the in the warm weather so when you're in lanzarote next week that 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 issue with the ankle and the and the metal in that you've got in your joint is is completely gone yeah absolutely fine much more relaxed um i don't it doesn't take me 20 minutes to defrost um and to get everything moving properly i mean obviously bearing in mind that i'm I'm not 20 either um alongside having metal bits in my body um so but yeah no give me warm weather give me sunshine give me vitamin d i'm all over it (laughs) Yeah. So the, the, the there's a, yeah. I mean, the the other thing that I think it'd be fair to say Fran struggles with is um his cold extremities in this weather. Even when perhaps the temperature is not as low as you might expect, um, getting hands and feet to warm up is is actually pretty tricky, isn't it? Yeah, well, I do have, um, and a lot of athletes do actually, Raynaud's um, disease. So circulation isn't great. Um, and having long limbs and short body doesn't really help with that either. So my hands and my feet are usually pretty permanently cold at the best of times. 
I don't know. I've never heard of that actually. Because I mean, I get really cold feet. Is that so? What's what's the cause of that then? It's just it's not particularly good circulation. So if you find that the tips of your fingers go uh, really white and that your nails go blue. Yeah. Um, and then you start to lose feeling oh, right. in them. Same with your toes. That that tends to be not particularly great circulation. So the blood flow isn't getting around to all the extremities as it should be. Right. Yeah, and I tend cold. to just feel it in my toes rather than hands, I think. Yeah. So the cold weather will exacerbate that because one of the impacts of, of cold temperature outside is you get constriction of your capillaries. Um, and that's you know the, that leads to some of the more um, perhaps worrying concerns around training in cold weather is that you, you know you're not just first of all it's going to reduce the efficiency of your body at getting oxygen to your to your cells so that's going to make it um you know potentially make sessions feel harder than they would do if it was in warm weather but also um the the impact of that can have a detrimental impact on the on the functioning of your muscles and 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 uh, potentially leave them stiffer for longer uh, potentially mean you need a longer warm-up to make sure that you're not going to put yourself at risk of injury from um, muscle damage and things like that and overextending um, so that's something you need to be really really careful, careful about as an athlete making sure that you're properly warmed up and ready for the session that you're going to do um, you know more so in the winter than, than in the summer um, and some people struggle to get to that point where they're, they're actually in that situation um, and definitely yeah. needs to be considered can you, go, can you go the other way in terms of clothes because I noticed on that um, Tunbridge half marathon I did the other week I went out and I had gloves on and I had a hat on, I had a vest on as well as my layer. So I was quite layered up, um, leggings. And, you know, some guys were just there with t shirt and shorts. But um, I, quite, I prefer to do that. I mean, but then you're going to sweat a lot more, aren't you? you know, is that good? Is that, can you go the other way and sort of try and get too warm in terms of the clothing you wear? Is that, and have that sort of have an impact in that you might dehydrate too much in that case? Well, so hydration is a really important one as well. So there's two points there, really. One is that yeah. your that extremities generally mean that your body will have to work harder to keep itself at the you know to keep your core ten temperature where it should be, and that's that's true when it's cold, and it's true when it's really hot as well. So you know that it's a yeah. different, a potentially different issues arising, but but fundamentally, when you're too cold, your body is going to have to. Um, work harder just to get keep that core temperature where it needs to be and that additional work is um you know taking energy away from your systems that you might otherwise want to be doing something else i.e running um and the same thing yeah. is true when it's really hot so your body then has to work really hard to cool you down um yeah. but certainly yeah you know so, so you could you could sort of oscillate around that point i suppose if you you know if you wear too many clothes and you get too hot and yeah, you're gonna, your body's suddenly yeah. going to be working to stay cool instead of um, applying all of that energy to running along. In terms of hydration as well, when it's cold, you can sometimes forget to hydrate, can't yeah. you? Is that one of, is one of the points there as well? Whereas when it's hot, you sort of think you've got to drink a lot. Whereas when it's cold, you don't necessarily think that so clearly. So you might end up not taking enough fluid on board. Is that a, an issue? I think, yeah, I think that's quite a common problem. Um, and it's not just because you um, don't feel thirsty, which you're less likely to probably in cold weather, but it's also sometimes people just, you know, literally, I, I, I know from personal experience that if I'm on a bike and I'm really cold, the, even the idea of reaching down and getting a bottle and taking some fluid from it becomes yeah. a less attractive prospect, um, which is ridiculous, isn't it? 
And sometimes that's because the fluid in the bottle's yeah. got really cold, so I don't actually want to take a drink of a really cold liquid. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, and absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Are you... Uh, so, Becky, when do you... Just go on. No, I was just going to say to Becky, is Becky... This is not is not experienced this because you're just always in hot countries. Is that right? <laughs> no, uh, I wish. Yeah, no. If it, it's obviously yeah. much easier to train, and the motivation is is way higher. If the sun is shining, you get you don't you can put on minimal clothes, and uh, yeah, the, you're not going to be worried about getting rained on or freezing your hands, and and that's the biggest challenge isn't it am i wearing too many clothes going out for a training run where am i going to put these clothes yeah. when i get too hot um you don't want to freeze in the warm-up so you do need to wear extra layers and yeah there's, it's an added com complication whereas i suppose in hot weather your biggest concern is is rehydration and it's easy to stash a bottle in a bush um whereas it's harder to stash your clothes in a bush <laughs> without them get, without them getting wet and, and wanting to put them back yeah. on afterwards um so yeah is is yeah cold weather is a bigger challenge for sure and also we don't race in cold conditions unless you're a winter triathlete which they're, they're few and far between in our country um yeah the we're normally racing in hot conditions obviously there's some anomalies there um but yeah, yeah. It, it, you want to train and what kind of temperatures you're ideally you're, you're going to be racing in yeah i mean i know it's that one of the things that struck me on the just on that timbridge wells half was i'd pinned my number on and so i couldn't really take the, my top off <laughs> easily because the number the number was pinned to that I just hadn't thought of that in advance and you sort of think oh could have come up with a better solution to that really but uh, you need two so numbers two numbers yeah. two layers <laughs> Yeah, every time you take a layer off, another number appears. <laughs> I was going to say, the point that Becky just made about training and racing is a really, really important one. Um, you know, at the end of the day, most of us, if we're going to plan, you know, maybe not so much if you're going to do Ironman Bolton, because fair <laughs> chance the weather will be fairly chilly if you do that. Sorry, Ironman Bolton. Um, but um, but if you are going to go and race in 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 warmer climates you know one of the one of the big um challenges is to is to try and get some acclimatization time ahead of doing that because i know you know for instance um we're off to grand canaria in april and we were there last year and i had a good chat with a chap who was um a really really big arsenal fan actually as it happens um and he uh he really struggled in the race because he fundamentally went from you know 10 degrees in the uk and having trained all winter and being and feeling that he was ready for the race to racing in 25 degrees and and that transition is incredibly difficult to make unless you're going to spend some good time in advance of the race out, out. And, and there's lots of good reasons for that but fundamentally you know is, is it you want to be able to get used to that and acclimatize to that and your body will become efficient at, at delivering what you want it to deliver in those conditions um if you just shock it it will find that much more difficult. Is there, does anybody ever monitor body temperature during, you know, with a, I mean, I know F1 drivers do, for example, which is obviously a bit more money involved in that, but, you know, they, they monitor their body temperature, don't they, throughout a race and regulate it with, I think cool, the suits can cool them. Is that right? Or have I made that up? But um, you know, is, it, is it a thing to try and 
was or was that just something you learned um, during you know during your training just during your experience I don't know any athletes age group athletes that monitor their body temperature during racing or even training yeah I've not heard of it I think you are aware that you know it's it's a lot hotter or a lot colder and heart rate obviously can be an indicator yes yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, and I think it, I've definitely noticed when I'm hot that I slow down. You know, that has an impact on my energy levels. Yeah. Oh no, you take advantage of that though when people are racing in hot countries. Hot, not yeah. hot countries. Sorry, if it's a hot day. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's because you know their energy levels are going to be lower. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately I can't swing it. I used to be able to swing it the other way and take advantage of cold, cold, but my body doesn't seem to respond in the same way as it used to to cold. Um, but yeah, when when it's hot, it's quite um, it, it, obviously it is quite physically impactful, but mentally it's impactful as well. Uh, and it's just trying to minimise that impact to your performance as, as best you can um, with various tactics in terms of hydration, um, yeah, in, in, in a voice, um, because obviously you're all dealing with the same unexpected uh, heat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, minimising the impact the best you can compared to your Strategy. competitors. Yeah. Yeah, strategy is super important there, isn't it? Because if you, you know, at the end of the day, you you you, you go into the race with a strategy for keeping cool. When we talk about mod- monitoring body temperature, of course, your 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 body, your brain is is very very good at monitoring your body temperature and reacts uh, to turn on your natural cooling systems um, or heating systems or whatever it is. Um, and you know that's why you, you, you re- your energy levels reduce because your body's working hard to do that. Um, but if you go into the race with a strategy, which which you want to preempt it, so if you know you're going to be running in 28 degrees or 30 degrees or whatever it is, you know what's your strategy? Well, you know simple strategies like every time I run, run through an aid station, I'm going to take two cups of water and put them, pour them over my head, whether I'm feeling hot already or not. That is what I'm going to do, because all you're doing is you're doing the job of the Formula One racing driver's suit. Um, which is that you're yeah. you're putting in a strategy to keep your body cool and and that's going to work. Um, don't wait. It's like anything else, isn't it? It's like nutrition as well. Don't wait until you're feeling the effects of a lack of nutrition or being too hot or being too cold before you do something about it. Um, and then then you you'll definitely benefit in a racing situation. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much sums it up. Uh, yeah, and I suppose it also comes from learning, right? Uh, I've learned a lot in triathlons, um, but and I've yeah. learned to expect the unexpected. And you think that I would translate that directly into running marathons, uh, but last year <laughs> I did London, and I know that the weather changes because I've supported loads of marathons. But at London Marathon, like last October, they were like the weather's going to be awful, so I'd planned it all out. And then what happened? It was sunny. It was really hot. I didn't have any salt tablets, um, so I like had to like find some on the course. It was it was just ridiculous. Um, yeah. So you think <laughs> even when you think you've you've mastered it, uh, uh, you, you you forget. Um, yeah. 
I've got a vision of you running into the crowd saying, Give, so, anybody got salt? Is that how, how did you find salt tablets? <laughs> <laughs> well, my partner had salt tablets, but when I went running up to him and was like, salt, I need salt. He, he was like, oh, the salt and vinegar crisps. Here you go. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't want salt and vinegar crisps. I want the salt tablets. <laughs> like I'd stop halfway through a marathon and crack into a bag of salt and vinegar crisps. <laughs> yeah. You're quite a big fan of salt and vinegar crisps, eh? Oh yeah, yeah, but I do save it for the end of the race, not during. <laughs> that was the plan to have them post race, but for some reason Nick thought I thought I wanted them halfway round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah interesting interesting um so yeah i mean the motivation thing just coming back to that is is critical isn't it and, and uh, perhaps the other things that we haven't mentioned is that you know that that some of the motivation to go outside and stuff is impacted by the potential extra dangers of it, it, we're talking back to cold weather now by the way in in in, in the extra dangers of um you know of exercising outside in cold weather particularly cycling you know, any obviously any ice or frost is, is is extremely hazardous, and you know, you as an athlete, you've got to be really, really careful because you can just end your season there, right there, by coming off and doing a collarbone or a hip or something. Um, so that's something else to to be concerned about. And um, but even if it's just not very good weather, things like um, painted white lines on roads and muddy patches at the side of the road can really cause a problem. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of people will train in in this kind of weather. Will be training on different machines. So they might be using a gravel, gravel bike rather than a road bike, or you know, trying to get a little yeah. bit more safety from from uh, the choice of bike they're riding or whatever it might be. <clears throat> Mind you, that video of Tom Pidcock doing that descent <laughs> with all that sand on the side of the road didn't seem to bother him. That was crazy. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. There's, he, there's, there's one bit halfway down. I think this was in California, wasn't it? There's one bit halfway down where yeah. he got a proper front wheel slide on and the twitch, and just yeah, incredible, absolutely incredible. It's pretty pretty good December. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you put you put a note in about muscle damage as well. What were you thinking about there in terms of the cold weather? So uh, where, yeah, uh, um, just it's just that thing about that we mentioned earlier, really about the you know the muscle damage. Well, two things. One is that um, generally, if it's cold, people hold themselves more tensely. So, you know, I mean, right. Fran, I know you, Fran's mentioned this before to me, that um, that shoulders and things become tighter um, just because right. you hold yourself more tensely because you're constantly cold. Um, and that's not a good thing because, yeah. you know, you, you're going to you go into a session with tighter muscles and you are going to be more in, in, at risk of injury. Um but yeah, I mean, it, and do you notice any other um, impact of that, Fran? Well, I mean, obviously, if your muscles are cold, um, and if you then decide to go out and run really fast, you're running the risk of damaging your muscles because they're not mobile. Um, you know, you need you need to get your muscles warm for them to be able to function properly, to be able to fire properly. Um, and those athletes that are doing duathlons in the winter or 
running races in the winter, it's really important to stress the the need to do a long warm up um, longer than normal. So all your muscles are warm, they're firing properly. You're getting the blood pumping around your body properly. You're relaxed um, and you're ready. Where if you if you do that and then the race is delayed by ten minutes, and you're standing on the start line really cold. That's that's when you can pull a hamstring or something similar. So you do need to be very mindful of that. I do a lot of um, walking with athletes before they crack into a run um, in the winter because obviously if you are sitting down all day long, um, yeah, just walking will slightly warm up the muscles. That's a really good idea. Learned the hard way from injury. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And if you are, you know, if you are tensing because you're cold, um, that that is having a, 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 a fatiguing effect on your muscles as well. So you might, you know, you could find yourself in a situation where you haven't been swimming or, and you feel like you should be pretty loose and ready to go. But if you've been sat with tight shoulders because you're struggling with the cold for two previous days, then actually your muscles will be a lot more fatigued than you realise. Um, so, yeah, all those things need to be factored in, basically. Yeah. Does anybody go um, cold... Open water swimming, but or is everybody just pool? pool? I mean, I'd stay in the pool, but some people do, don't they? they swim in the, the lakes all year round. Anybody venture through that? Yeah, I've done many years of cold water swimming, um, but not oh, for right. not for training purposes. In terms of oh, I need to get a K done, uh, more for yeah. um, the physical enjoyment or enjoyment <laughs> of uh, <laughs> of doing it. Like a plunge, is it, and just for like sixty seconds or something? Is that what you do? Or no, you no, actually... just just leisurely swimming. Um, yeah, uh, I like to partake in the cold water, the UK cold water swim championships, um, which are oh, wow. a more novelty affair than than. I mean, you have yeah. to swim, but it's like swim thirty three yeah. meters um, or yeah. ninety meters rather than uh, any substantial yeah. different distance compared to triathlon. Um, what sort of temperatures would that be then? I think, I don't know, probably around three, I think is the cold, two to three. It's got <laughs> the coldest it, it was and I had to do fly, which was the worst idea Ouch. I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a wetsuit, just to be clear, is it? You're just in a Oh, no, you wouldn't be allowed. Yeah. It's against the rules. Yeah, yeah. That's my idea of yeah. <laughs> Well, hell. The <laughs> way you get me doing that. We need to get my big toe in that water. <laughs> I quite, I mean, a lot of people, you hear people talk about sort of doing these cold water plunges every morning, don't they? And sort of how invigorating it is. I sort of quite like the idea of that, but I've never, I have jumped in a plunge pool at the gym. But that was hard. They're, was only like about, <laughs> they're only about 13 degrees though, aren't they? So they're quite warm. Are they? I, yeah. I suppose not... it's because that's okay. You come out of the spa and then you come out of a steam room and go into one of those. It's the contrast, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. 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 No, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's known to, it's known to have, or um, yeah, there's a lot of mental health benefits as well as kind of say yeah. physical. Um, and it is, yeah, it's very, it's become very on trend now to do a, uh, cold water swimming um partly driven by there was nothing else to do post lockdown (laughs) (laughs) i used to do it post park run and i used to swear that there was some kind of um 
benefit to recovery for muscles. It's not proven, um, so it could be a placebo. Um, but you know, anything anything that makes you think you're getting recovered quicker. <laughs> yeah, well, rugby teams tend to do that, don't they? Jump in the ice ice bath to recover yeah. the muscles. So, but you think that, but that's not a proven proven thing. No, no, there's not enough evidence to prove that it has. Um, it's the same with like sports massage. It's, it's a very subjective. Um, you can't test it in the right yeah. way for it to be a conclusive experiment. But there's not enough evidence to say it doesn't do anything. So it's one of those kind of, um, yeah, you might. Yeah, if you've got access to it, you might as well do it because it's probably not doing any harm. <laughs> yeah. It's like quite a few yeah. things, isn't it, in, in in this sort of field is there's a lot of anecdotal evidence, but anecdotal evidence isn't empirical and, and you know, that that doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't work. It just means that we've got to somehow create an environment where we could test it. Maybe we could do it with the app. Yeah. Heart rate variability if, testing. We could see whether cold water plunging impacts heart rate variability. Yeah. I think that, that one's for you, Ian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hang on a minute. Do, do the app or do the plunging? <laughs> the testing. I'll, yeah, I'll do the app bit. You can do, somebody else can do the plunging. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, uh, well, with that, should we wrap it up? Right. <laughs> cool. Thanks very much, everyone. Have a good, have a good weekend. Great. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Bye bye. Thank you.